Morning, everybody. Hey, let's stand up. Get ready to worship. I love this song. Uh, talks about uh, what God can never do, and He can never fail us. He may make a choice to give or withhold, but He can never fail us. Glad you're here. Right, let's sing this together. Nothing can separate, even if I ran away, your love never fails.
keep our hands going. Yeah. So we clap our hands. We join with all creation. Bible says, let the trees of the fields clap their hands. So let's keep our worship going. I stand. I stand before you now. The greatness of your now. I've heard of the majesty and wonder of you. King of heaven in humility. Wave after wave, 
Yeah, so we offer our clapping, our praise to you, God, because uh, Scripture talks all over the place about it. Um, we clap our hands and in praise and in reverence to you. And um, God, may our life be something. Um, when we look up to the skies in the morning, uh, we clap our hands. Uh, and when we when we see a newborn baby, we clap our hands. Uh, when we see uh, this beautiful sunset. Uh, at the end of a day, we clap our hands. We're, we're an appreciative people. We want to show you how much we love you and how much we appreciate you, how much we appreciate these moments. Help us get caught up in moments, more moments, God. Uh, life is filled with so much doing and so much uh, stuff. Uh, thanks for uh, today where we can come and sit in some moments and just be prayerful and be silent before you. So, um, Thank you for these uh, worshipful moments where we could tell you we love you and that uh, you make us brave and you give us courage and uh, that there's none above you. And uh, God, we ask your continued blessing on us as we acknowledge you in these moments. In Jesus' name, we all pray and say, amen. Hey, well, welcome uh, to Hopevale, everybody. I'm Billy. I'm the worship pastor. So we do this thing. Uh, if you've been here for a while, it's called the meet and greet. So be nice to introverts and we'll see you in a second. Say hi to somebody around you. Thanks. Hi, go ahead and have a seat. Good morning and welcome. My name is Shannon Ramler, and I am Hope Vale's Community Groups Director, and it is my pleasure to worship with you this morning. And so glad, whether this is your first time, your 10th time, your 100th time, my hope and prayer is just that you're feeling God's incredible love crashing all over you. And it'll pour through you throughout this coming week. Um, and uh, so if I have a special shout out, though, if this is your first time with us, we would love to welcome you. So please, before you leave today, if you would stop at our welcome desk right in the center of the lobby, there's someone there who would love to greet you, answer questions, and give you, give you a little gift from us. Um, so thank you. Twelve years ago, my husband Scott and my sons Chase and Connor and I, we, call, we called this church our church family, our home. And shortly after that, we were invited, Scott and I and our boys, to join a community group. And our lives were forever changed. We quickly learned just how groups here at Hopevale are considered, considered centers of life. And it's true. Boy, being in my group has helped me along the years to become a better Christian, a better wife, a better mom. And just helping and walking and praying with one another has been a huge, huge faith walk for me. And so I invite you, if whether you've been, if you know about community groups or not, tonight, today is a great time to get connected and to learn about a group that will fit you, fit your schedule, fit your life. And so all you have to do, it's really simple, you can stop at the info desk after service and fill out this little card and give me some information so that I can do my job and help you find your fit and find your spiritual friends who are going to be with you every step through your walk. So can I invite the ushers to come down so we can prepare for our offering? I'm so grateful for just your giving, and God is too. We know as believers that all we have is because God has bestowed it upon us. And so I wanted to just share one of the ways that your giving helps. I, I'm not sure if you know, but community groups, we're able at Hopevale to offer community group childcare for young families to come connect with other parents, other moms and dads, and have their kids taken care of for free. So you allow our church to screen, train, and pay for child care providers to do just that. And it is such a huge gift, so thank you. Right, so let's, let's bow our heads and pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this amazing opportunity to love one another through our giving. We want to give freely of our time, talents, and treasure as an act of faithfulness to you. Lord, please bless the funds that are given to help ministries such as community groups further your mission and kingdom throughout the Great Lakes Bay region and the world. You deserve all our praise and glory. In your son, Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.
Thanks, Shannon. Hey, uh, piggybacking on uh, community groups, love what Shannon does and what she provides for us. You know, uh, my wife and I participate in a community group. Childcare is paid for. It's like, what? I've never known a church that's done that. And uh, I know a lot of churches and it's a real blessing. It makes it easy. It makes an easy yes for parents to say, yeah, you know, um, I should, we should go out and get a little deeper and know some people and, and grow a little deeper. Uh, my, my wife, Amy, and I love our community group, Aaron on the drums and his wife, uh, is, uh, we, we meet together. In fact, Aaron and I co-lead our group together. And there's another couple that we meet with and uh, man, we just love each other. And it's been, it's been a great time. At least I love him. I don't know if he loves me or not, but I'm not looking cause I, I can't handle the rejection if he doesn't. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, uh, you heard me pray earlier friends about moments in church and just coming to church and just looking for a moment and, uh, looking to hear from God or experience God in a powerful way. We've prepared a, a moment, quote unquote. We're going to do this song called So Will I, uber powerful tune. And um, hopefully it's something that just kind of draws you back in focus and makes everything else disappear. And what this song does for me, um, if this is the palm of God's hand, it makes me sit in it and I'm just held in the mystery of the moment. I'm just held there, and I need so many more moments like that where I can just be still and not be thinking about millions of other things. I'm pretty sure you need that too. We'll worship together during this. Thanks.
carve these moments of God help us carve out these moments 
where we intentionally just come and sit at your feet. It's so powerful and we love it. We love to come sit and just be still. Psalm 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. We love that. More of these moments, oh God, we pray. We pray. Lord, as we turn our attention toward what Pastor Ken is going to come and provide through the word, thank you for stilling our hearts in these moments and for giving us time to just sit still and to prepare our heart, to prepare our ears, prepare our eyes to see what you see and hear what you hear and uh, be uh, people who can follow after you a little bit better today. Help us to make that inch move or a long jump, whatever it's required, whatever's required, God. So we love you and thank you for this time. And we all pray in Jesus' name and say together, amen. God bless you, friends. Thanks. Isn't that a, just a, a good moment to spend time with the Lord? I love what Billy just said about sometimes in the, the busyness of life, and summer can be the same way for us, can it? It's, life often doesn't take a vacation in the summertime for us, does it? Uh, just the, the hurry, the work, the relationships, all that's happening in our lives. Sometimes it's good to be still and know that He is God right? If the stars are made to worship Him, then so will we. If creation was made to sing His praises, then so will we. And if God calls people to believe in and follow His Son, Jesus, with all of their hearts, then so will we. And if God has given us His Word and He calls us as his people to read it plainly and interpret it normally and obey it humbly every day in real and practical ways in our lives, then so will we, right? So will we. So thank you, worship team, and and good morning, everyone. I'm Ken McGillivray. I'm the Associate Senior Pastor here at Hopevale. I, um, I mentioned this last time I spoke earlier this summer that uh, Renee and I are, are going into our 15th year of ministry at Hopevale, and, and we thank the Lord. We thank the Lord uh, for the opportunity to, thanks, uh, just, just for the opportunity to be with you and grow with all of you and uh, meet and spend time and see what God has wanted to do in this body of believers. And folks, let me tell you something. God... God is just getting started, isn't he? Uh, Renee and I had the opportunity last Sunday to be in Bay City. Pastor Steve was on vacation, our campus pastor there, and so I, I served as host pastor for that Sunday morning, and we just had a, a good time with our Bay City congregation, just brothers and sisters there. And I'll tell you what, God is connecting that congregation together and they are worshiping and serving and growing together in the Lord. And there is no question in my mind. If, you, if you're part of the Bay City congregation, you're here in Saginaw today, you know, be encouraged by this. There is no question in my mind that God is using our smaller congregation in Bay City, part of Hopevale Church, to establish a new Hopevale ministry there. This church is going to go. It is. And it's going to grow. It's going to continue to reach into the community. And people are meeting and are going to meet Christ and grow in very real ways. And it takes, it takes us as a congregation living out the one another's. We are one church in two locations, aren't we? Right now in Saginaw and Bay City. And God will take us from there. He will. But as one church in two locations, um, we need these one another commands, and we need to think about them again, don't we? This is important stuff for us. And so this series, One Another Doing Church Better, is good for each of us. 
as a church. You see, it's not about church growth. It's really about church health, the spiritual and relational health of our families and singles, of our community groups and serving teams, about our pastors, our leaders, our elders. It's our spiritual and relational health. And seemingly little things mean a lot, don't they? And that's why focusing on and growing in these one another's that Jesus gave us are really so important to us as a church. Hear this. Real and practical expressions of love for one another trump attending worship services faithfully, attending programs of the church, trump church promotion in the community every time. Every time. Real and practical expressions of love for one another. What this series really has been all about. Trump all that stuff. They really do. It's the strength of the church. It needs to be the strength of our church. And men and women, we need to get this right. We do. So I hope you've been encouraged and challenged by our One Another series so far. I know I have. And remember that the 50 One Another commands in the New Testament give us specific and practical ways to live out Jesus' one command to love one another. That's what these one another's are about. They're giving us these specific, these practical ways to live out Jesus' one command to love one another. And so this morning, I want us to take another step in living out Jesus' one command. And we're going to look at the command, welcome one another. Welcome one another. And so let's look together at some verses in the New Testament letter of 1 Peter. And I want us to see what this command means, welcome one another, and what gets in the way of our doing this well and doing it consistently. And then finally, why we have to push through, each of us, and do this and welcome one another. So let's look together at 1 Peter chapter 4, and we'll read with me uh, verses 7 through 10. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 7 through 10. And Peter writes this, The end of all things is near. Therefore be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another. Welcome one another is the idea. Without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Offer hospitality to one another. Welcome one another. Do you see how Peter applies Jesus' command to us to love one another? In verse 8 he says, above all, love each other deeply. Okay, so how do we do that? Here's how. Verse 9, offer hospitality to one another. It's a way to fulfill Jesus' one command to love one another. And it seems pretty straightforward and simple, doesn't it? Offer hospitality to one another. But let's look a little closer at what this means. The, the original word in the New Testament translated hospitality is, or offer hospitality, is philoxenos. Philoxenos. Now, it's not as complicated as you might think. It's, it's made up of two words, philos and then xenos. And philos is also a word that's used in the name of the city of Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Uh, philos means to befriend or to love, right? And so Philadelphia, philos, there's our word. Then adelphos means brother in Greek. And so... The city of Philadelphia is, is what? It's the, it's the city that has the professional football team that the Detroit Lions have beat almost as many times as they have lost to. And that's saying something for the Lions. And it's the city, this is true, it's the city where a self-driving Uber car that they were trying out ran down somebody silly enough to try to cross the street. That's... Philadelphia, but, but 
Philadelphia means what? It means the city of what? Brotherly love. Philos Adelphos. Yeah. So Philos is our word, befriend to love. And then xenos is the word that means stranger. It means stranger. And that is somebody other than a member of your extended family or other than a close friend. It's somebody that you don't know yet, a stranger. So philos xenos is a word that means to befriend strangers or to offer welcome to someone you don't know yet. And this word is often translated hospitality or show hospitality in the New Testament. I, I like how the New Living Translation captures the meaning of this word philoxenos. It says, cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay, 1 Peter 4.9. Share your home. Share a meal. Be willing to provide a place to stay for someone who needs it. That's New Testament hospitality. And catch this. Do it cheerfully. Do it cheerfully. Philos xenos. Philos xenos. To befriend, to love. Do it cheerfully. Now, God intends for his people to open their hearts and their homes to people they don't know yet. That's New Testament hospitality. Let me say that another way. As a follower of Christ, God wants you to open your heart, to open your home to people you don't know yet. That's hospitality. Offer hospitality to one another. And this isn't just Peter's pet peeve. We find this command, this expectation for God's people throughout the Bible, all the New Testaments. And especially in the New Testament, you see that God calls all of us as followers of Jesus to be people who do what's different in our culture, to extend ourselves to people that we don't know yet, and to befriend, to offer them hospitality, to welcome them. That's what God wants us to do. And it applies to Sunday mornings on our campuses, in this auditorium, and in the lobby. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. But Peter has in mind here, a New Testament hospitality revolves around opening our hearts, opening up our lives a little bit, and opening our homes to people that we don't know yet. So it's pretty simple and straightforward, isn't it, this command? Offer hospitality to one another, and this is what God is telling us to do. But if, if you're like me, when you stop and think about this a little, you realize that a lot gets in the way of us doing this consistently and doing it well. And so God knows us, doesn't he? And you, you see how Peter qualifies this command. So let's look at First uh, Peter chapter 4, verse 9 one more time. Notice what he says and just how he qualifies this command. Offer hospitality to one another. What are the next two words? Without grumbling. Without grumbling. I love how real this is. God knows us, doesn't he? And he knows that we can struggle to open up our hearts, to open up our home to people that we don't know yet. He knows that we can struggle with this. I do. And so what are the kinds of things that get in the way of this? What are the kinds of things that get in the way? Um, things get in my way. Uh, we, we talk with our community group leaders about the two tensions that we have to manage in every one of our community groups across the Great Lakes Bay region. And those two tensions are, we want you to connect in groups, to, to build friendship in Christ, to encourage one another, to grow to trust one another. So people know your deal a little more. They, they know your strengths and weaknesses. They know, they know what you struggle with a little bit. They know the victories in your life and how God uses you to be a blessing to others. They know all that. In, in our group, we're a fairly new group. Uh, we're going into year three now with our new group, and, and people are getting to know one another and connect to one another, and we absolutely want that to happen. That's a perfect setting to connect with one another in some real ways. But there's another tension that we have to manage in our group, and that is that we, we want to be people who are part of the Lord's mission. We, 
We want to welcome and invite people we don't know yet into our group. And there are twin tensions. Well, we're getting to know each other. I'm, I'm sharing my life. I'm, I'm beginning to trust and open up my heart a little bit. And here's what's going on with our kids. And here's some things I struggle with. And will you pray for me? And somebody new walks into the living room to the group. And it's like, oh, wait, that changes the conversation, right? So it's, we talk with our leaders about these twin tensions. There are things that can get in the way of our welcoming one another. And I want to share a few things with you that I have found in my own life can get in the way of welcoming other people consistently and doing it well. See if you can identify with these things. Sometimes I'm too busy. I'm just too busy. I've said yes to too many things. And so sometimes when I'm, when I'm at home, when I have a little, a little time, I just want to what? What we all want to do. So I, I just want to relax. I want to watch my show on TV. I, I, I want to do what I want to do. I just want to relax a little bit. I, I don't want to extend myself for people that I don't know. I'm too busy. I'm too busy. So what's the answer to that? We need to make some room. Make some room in our lives for people we don't know yet. And often it's not this huge change we need to make. We just need to say no to a few things that give us a little margin, that give us a little space to spend some time with people we don't know yet. There's something else that gets in my way. Sometimes I'm embarrassed or insecure. I am. With people that I don't know, people that I may be a little different from me, I may not be comfortable with them, I can be a, a little insecure. I can be embarrassed. Sometimes I don't know what to say in a situation like that. Other times, if someone comes over to my house, you would see the, the project that I should have done and finished a month or so ago. It's longer for some. And I'm a little embarrassed by that, especially for those of you who might be, I mean, you're, you're self-disciplined, you're tight. I mean, everything is chop, chop, chop. You get your home projects done quickly, efficiently, and yeah, I don't like the people. But, but, but that's, and Renee McGillivray, if you're in this service, I am really sorry once again. Yeah. But it's true. It's true. Right now in our side yard, we need to do a little dig. We got a little water problem on our side yard. And I should have gotten to that and finished that up a while back. And so if you come to our house and we're walking around the yard or whatever, you, you would see some of my unfinished stuff. And honestly, I can be a little embarrassed by that. It's like, ah, I should have done that sooner. Yeah. Has that ever happened to you? You know, to invite somebody over, you can feel a little insecure. Sometimes we don't know what to say. You can feel a little embarrassed about something. Yeah, it, it can keep us from welcoming one another. It can keep us from welcoming others, offering hospitality to people that we don't know yet. And here's something else. The truth be told, sometimes I'm just not comfortable with these people. We are different, aren't we? We're different. And that can cause us not to be comfortable, to not to extend ourselves to Opening our hearts, opening our homes to people we don't know yet. And there, there's some big differences, right? There's some big obvious differences of race and economics and education. But do you realize there are so many smaller things that can make us less comfortable with other people? Have you ever thought about this? Really. Some of us are in shape. Some of us are out of shape. Right? Some of you are athletic. Some of us are not so much, right? Some differences. And literally, these are differences that we can make. We can make some snap judgments about somebody that we don't know. So then we tend not to welcome them. We tend not to open our hearts, open our homes to them. We eat differently, especially these days, don't we? Some of us are vegan. Some of you have no idea what that even means, right? I want meat lovers pizza, right? Yeah, yeah, and here's a hearty amen over here, yeah. 
right? Some of, some of you are vegans, some are vegetarians, some are meat lovers, and that can, that can separate us, can't it? We can, make, we can make initial judgments, initial conclusions about somebody we don't know based on how they eat. What about this? Some of us are married. Some of us are uh, divorced and remarried. Some of us are divorced and not remarried or single and never married or widowed. And some of those kind of situations in life can keep us from welcoming one another. Some of us had children with special needs. We have mixed-race couples in our congregation. How many of these things can separate us? And we, we can make these initial judgments about people we don't know based on these things. Clothes these days, right? You notice my jeans are not ripped, right? Yeah, yeah. But we... We make conclusions about people based on what they wear or how they wear it, don't we? What about tattoos? Some of us have tattoos. Some of us don't. And we can draw conclusions based on these things about people that we don't know. Listen, prejudice and snobbery are ingrained more deeply in all of us than we like to admit. Sometimes we grow up with these things. Sometimes we have experiences at work or in the neighborhood or in school, in high school, in college or whatever, and, and we begin to draw these conclusions about people that we don't know based on clothes and tattoos and fitness and what they eat and what they don't eat and all these different things, don't we? So if I were a southern preacher, I would say, now I've gone from preaching to meddling. That's what the southern preachers say. But this is, this is real stuff for us, isn't it? It really is. It's real stuff. And these are things that get in the way of our opening our hearts, opening our homes to people we don't know yet. We need the Lord's forgiveness sometimes for our prejudice, for our snobbery toward others. And we all need, certainly we need the Lord's help in opening our hearts, opening our homes to others. And and then what do we do? Well, we can do simple things like take time on a Sunday morning to talk with people around you. In our Greek time, some of you sit in the same place. We're creatures of habit. And boy, get to know people around you, especially people that you don't know yet. That's a good thing to do. can do that in our lobby. Listen, for all of us, sometimes it's easier to hang with our homies, isn't it? We get together with our own gang. It's, it's more comfortable for us, they're more like us, and those are good things. That's not a bad thing. We've noticed that in community group. Like people, people who are in a similar stage of life, whatever, they, they connect. That's right. It happens. But God wants us to do more than that. He does. He wants us to do more than that. So go out of your way to welcome someone new to your community group. Maybe open your home to host one of our groups. Invite someone to your house for dinner, for lunch, for whatever. Start somewhere and make it a, a good habit. Let's, let's overcome these things that get in our way. And why should we do it? Why, why push through the awkwardness? Why push through the, the discomfort of getting to know and opening our hearts and homes to people that we don't know yet? People we may not be that comfortable with initially. Well, God gives us some good reasons. I want us to look back at uh, 1 Peter chapter 4 and see, see some reasons here. The first one is in verse 7. Time is short. Time is short. Peter says, verse 7, the end of all things is near. I can't read that verse without thinking of a few years ago, my sister Cheryl, my brother-in-law Mike, and our kids all got together and we did the Labor Day Mackinac Bridge Walk. Some of you may be doing that this year. It's awesome. And we uh, were a, a little competitive, and so we walked the bridge fairly quickly. And um, we were driving back across the bridge, and, uh, and we saw some of the slow walkers. My brother-in-law, Mike, and they go to our church, uh, my brother-in-law, Mike, rolls down the car window and he yells out, to the slower walkers, the end is near, the end is near, right? And you can take that a lot of different ways, right? It's, 
But anyway, that's very random. But I, whenever I read this verse, I think, of, I think of that. But anyway, so Peter says, the end of all things is near. And then look what he says. Therefore, so because the end of all things is near, because of this, be alert and of sober mind so that you can pray. What is he saying? The end is near. Jesus is coming again. He's coming back. Your life doesn't go on forever. And so, and here he says, be alert, be of sober mind. So what, what's he saying? He's saying, think about it. Think about it. View your life through the lens of eternity. View your life through the, the lens of eternity and ask God to help you make your life count now. Now. Don't wait. Time is short. But there's a second reason for us to open our hearts and homes to others. It's, it's in verse 8. Peter says here in so many words, we all need it. We all need it. We all need others to welcome us, and we need to welcome others. He says, above all, love each other deeply. Then he gives a reason. See the because there? Because love covers over a multitude of sins. Peter wrote his letter to believers like us, and they were believers who were just facing life in many ways, just the ups and downs of normal life, but they had the added pressure of persecution and people who were maligning them and speaking against Christianity and people who excluded them, made fun of them, that can happen to many of us. The world is an unfriendly, often an unfriendly, unwelcoming place, and we all need to be welcomed. We all need others to open their hearts, open their homes to us. You see, when we go through life alone, or if we get isolated and tough stuff happens, we can lose perspective, eternal perspective. We, we get discouraged. We can get distracted. We can get tempted. We can get pulled away from the Lord, pulled away from his people, pulled away from church, pulled away from the truth of his word. And how does God bring us back? How does God remind us of his perspective, of what's true and what's not true, what's worth living for and what's not worth living. How does God do that? He, he does it through people. He does it through us. Peter says, love covers over a multitude of sins. A multitude of sins. And certainly he's saying that we should forgive one another, but I think he's saying more here. I really do. I think Peter is saying we need to bring each other, each other to the cross we need to welcome one another and encourage one another. And sometimes a simple meal, a listening ear, a, a conversation, some encouragement in a, in a smaller setting where we say, yeah, I get it. Let me tell you what I'm struggling with right now. I'm not, I don't look down on you. I have regrets in my life. I have, I have hurdles that I face that other people can just jump them very easily. And, man, I just seem to run up against them and bang my head. All, all of us have these kinds of things, every one of us, every one of us, in our lives, in our families, in our thoughts, in our hearts, our background, our, our present job situation, relationship situation. We all have these things. And so... How do we keep on following Jesus? How do, we, how do we persevere in what's true and not fall away and get discouraged and distracted and tempted and pulled away from God? How do we do that? We welcome one another. We welcome one another. We bring one another to the cross and say, I'm with you. We have one Savior, and it's not me. I don't have the answer. I don't necessarily have the solution to your problem, but I know who does. And thanks for doing that for me, too. Welcome one another. Here's the third reason. It's found in verse 10. Peter says here, God expresses his grace to others through us. 
That's amazing when you think about that truth. God expresses His grace to others through us. He intends to use us, every one of us. Verse 10, each of you should use whatever gift you have received. Whatever gift you've received from who? From God. To serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its varied forms. Everything we are and own belong to God, doesn't it? We just manage it. And so how can we use what God has given us? How can we use the gifts, the personality, whatever God has given us personally? How can we use that to offer hospitality, to welcome others that we don't know? How can we do that? You see, you don't have to have a perfect marriage to welcome others, to open your heart, open your home to someone else. You don't, you don't have to have a house that's featured in the Great Lakes Bay magazine. I've just told you that ours isn't and most likely will not be. <laughs> yeah. So it's okay not to impress people. God wants us to impact people, doesn't he? Open our hearts, open our homes to people that we don't know. And here's a final reason, and it's really a, a very simple reason that connects to our One Another series. Here it is. Jesus welcomed us. Didn't he? Jesus welcomed us. Romans 15 verse 7 says, accept, or you could translate this word, welcome, welcome one another, then just as Christ welcomed you in order to bring praise to God. Welcome others because Jesus welcomed you. When we were strangers, when we were on the outside, when we were dead in our trespasses and sins, Jesus welcomed us. He brought us to himself. And unselfishly and sacrificially, Jesus did everything that was needed to give us the opportunity to know him and to live for him. And so how can we, who know the Lord, not do the same thing? How can we not get outside of our circle of, of people like us or people that we know well, that we're comfortable with? How can we not extend ourselves a little to someone we don't know yet? Well, this command is welcome one another. First Peter 4.9, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. And do it because... Christ welcomed you, ultimately. We have an idea what this means now, don't we? we? We know what can get in the way. For you, it may be some of the things that I've talked about. I have a lot of others, to be honest. And I imagine some of you have some of these, some of these things that get in the way of consistently welcoming others that you don't know. But I hope you feel, I hope you see why we need to push through on this. Why we need to push through. Time is short. We all need it. God uses it. We're stewards of his grace for one another. And our Savior, the Lord Jesus, did this for us. And we want to be like him. We want to open our hearts and homes to people we don't know yet. By this, by this, by what? By opening our hearts and homes to people that we don't know yet. By this, everyone will know that we are his disciples. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you that you welcomed us. Thank you that when we didn't know you, maybe we were religious, maybe we were part of a church and and doing Christian things and spiritual things, and yet we didn't know you. Maybe we weren't part of a church, and you drew us to yourself. And Lord, we're thankful, thankful that you have welcomed us. And if you have welcomed us to yourself, then so will we. So will we. We'll welcome others. And we'll open our hearts and open our homes to people we don't know yet and extend a, a welcome to them, a, an introduction, a, 
listening ear, a simple word of encouragement, a, a little time together, a meal, a, whatever you call us to do, whatever opportunity we see in front of us, Lord, we, we want to be careful to respond to that. And so we pray that you'll lead us. We pray that you'll help us to more and more be the kind of church that welcomes people we don't know yet for your glory, for your praise. Lord, transform others through this welcome, through this hospitality, and, and continue to change us, change our hearts. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. That's a good word, friends. Let's stand up and declare and pray that we'll follow after the things of God together in those ways. So let's worship together. Sing it out. Here we go. Where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I'll stay. When you move, I'll move. I will follow. are good, all your ways are sure, I will trust in you alone, higher than my sight, high above my life, I will trust in you alone, when you go, I'll go, when you stay, I'll stay. When you move, I'll move, I will follow you. When you love, I'll love, how you serve, I'll serve. If this life I lose, I will follow you. Yeah, I will follow you. Yeah. Light unto the world, light unto my life. serve so will I so will we right let's do this church let's do this let's open our hearts open our homes to people that we don't know yet well I hope you join us next Sunday uh, Pastor Dan will 
continue in our one another series. Have a good week and God bless you.